You're listening to an audio sermon from Trinity Bible Chapel. For more information, please visit our website at trinitybiblechapel.ca. I'm going to read the entirety of the passage that I read this morning, Luke chapter 2, verse 22 through 35. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles for the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Let's have a quick word of prayer. O Father in heaven, we pray for your blessing now upon this time, having now read your word and as we reflect upon the incarnation of Christ, that this time together would be used for the strengthening of your church, that our hearts would Uh, be full of a love of Christ, that our affections would be directed towards him, and that sinners would be saved. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. So tonight will be even a little shorter than my sermon this morning, which I got home from church at lunchtime, and my kids said, Dad, you hardly preached a sermon. So we were done at about the 32-minute mark. That wasn't even a sermon, according to my kids. So... Um, But it will even be shorter tonight. We'll just call it a sermonette this evening. But I uh, introduced you this morning to a character named Simeon. And Christ had already been born by this point in Bethlehem. And the angels had visited the shepherds. And then the shepherds had visited the birth of Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And then Mary and Joseph took Jesus and they had him circumcised on the eighth day. And then by the point we picked up on the text this morning where we are tonight, Jesus is 40 days old. 40 days the Lord has lived. And they take Jesus uh, to the temple, as we learned today, for the ritual sacrifices after Mary's time of purification. So she had her 40-day purification and then They bring Jesus to the temple, and they're there to dedicate him to the Lord. And as we learned this morning, the temple is a glorious structure at the center of Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. It's towering on the top of 600-foot walls with 75-foot walls stretching out of it with the brass door, the sun beaming off of it, and uh, the center of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem, of course, is surrounded by mountains. And this is a beautiful sight. Uh, the heart of religious life and the heart of the most religious city and the heart of the most important country at this point on the face of the earth. So that, like, really, 
They were bringing Jesus to the center of the world, at least in the mind of the Jew, the center of the world, the center of worship in the most holy city, in the most holy country. And Mary and Joseph going to this bustling place, this massive edifice that would have been full with people, with the Levites and the priests and various servants in the temple carrying on, they would have um, been really out of their element. Two peasants who couldn't even afford the proper offering, bringing this baby boy, 40 days old, up the steps, the magnificent steps of the temple, into the temple, these backwoods people from northern Israel, bringing Jesus into the heart of activity and cultured life within the nation of Israel. And they were fish out of water, I guess you could say. And the Messiah, Jesus, enters his temple for the very first time. There's no pomp, there's no ceremony, there's no singing to welcome him. There's, there's no guard decorated for his visit. None of this. All that's there to meet our Lord Jesus, despite how significant of a moment this is in history, all that is there, all who are there to meet Jesus is one man. And this is one man who the scriptures describe is righteous and devout. Simeon, seemingly an old man who had longed day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out to meet the Lord. He'd longed to meet the Lord. And in fact, the Holy Spirit had told him, God communicated to him directly and said, you will meet the Lord before you die. And this was the great longing of Simeon's heart, that he would encounter Christ. We know little about Simeon. We know he was from Jerusalem. We know his name, Simeon, and we know that he longed to meet Jesus, and he was righteous and devout. Other than that, we don't know anything about him. That's his biographical statement on the pages of Scripture. And finally, Jesus and Simeon meet. Simeon takes Jesus, he holds him in his arms, and the Son of God is there, and the dawn of hope has cracked, and now that dawn is beaming off of Jesus' face and radiating onto, radiating onto Simeon's face. That moment for him, I, I suspect that moment for Simeon, perhaps this is an exaggeration, but I suspect that moment for Simeon was about as good as any moment he experienced in heaven. He was cradling the Son of God in his arms and was in the presence of Jesus. As Matthew Henry said, and I quoted him this morning, Simeon embraced him with the greatest affection imaginable, laid him in his bosom as near his heart as he could, which was as full of joy as it could hold. The world at this point is staggering in darkness, and the dawn of rescue is there in Simeon's arms. And as I said this morning, Simeon spoke. And he had something to say. He spoke to God in prayer, and then he spoke to the new mother and her betrothed, Joseph. In verse 29, Simeon says, Lord, he prays, he's a prayer, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Let's just pause there. What a statement. And 
Let's reflect upon it for a quick second. This man had lived his entire life, and he had lived his entire life to meet Jesus. And now having lived his entire life and having met the baby Jesus and held the baby Jesus, he says in his prayer, the first thing he says is he's ready to die. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. I'm ready to go. My purpose in life has been fulfilled. I have encountered Christ, the Lord. And I just get into this passage of Scripture by asking you a question personally. What are you living for? I mean, if you were to get to the end of your life, and you were to say, now my life has been fulfilled. I have met the longings of my heart, and I have accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, and now I'm ready to die and go to heaven. What would you have to do in your life to get to that point mentally? What would you have to do? To be able to look up to God in heaven and say, I'm ready to go in peace. What would it be? Some, maybe you want to take an exotic trip, or some would certainly crave pleasure, or some would want some type of rite of passage experience in life. But for this man, Simeon, for this man, he wanted one thing. And then life for him was complete. And the one thing that he wanted was that he would meet Jesus Christ. And that was enough for him. And then he was ready to go. And why was that enough for him? Why was it enough for Simeon to meet Jesus Christ? Well, I'll give you three reasons that meeting Jesus was enough. Meeting Jesus was enough because Jesus Christ, I'll give you three reasons. Number one, because Jesus Christ is the only Savior. He says it in verse 30. He's the only Savior. See what it says? Verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And then verse 30, what does he say? For your eyes, my eyes have seen your salvation. So Simeon is looking down at Jesus in his arms. After he's looked up to God in heaven, and he's told God, I'm ready to die in peace. And now he's looking down at Jesus in his arms, and he says, I'm ready to go because I have seen the salvation of the Lord. I know what that salvation looks like. He's called the salvation of the Lord in Genesis 49, verse 18. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 12, it says that these were things, that talk, speaking of Jesus and the incarnation, these were things into which angels longed to look. So angels in heaven had longed to peer into this moment. It's like, you get to this passage of Scripture, and Jesus has been born, and you have God made flesh, truly God and truly man. And it's like for all of history, the angels 
have been trying to peer over a privacy fence just to see this happen. They've been waiting for it. When will we see the salvation of the Lord? When will we see the salvation of the Lord? How will the Lord save his people? How will the Lord make it happen? How is this mystery going to be revealed? And then Simeon realizes in this moment that this is something that all of the angels of heaven have longed to behold. All the saints of thousands of years have longed to behold. And he looks at Jesus Christ in his arms and he says, I'm ready to die because I have seen the salvation of God. And Christ's eyes are staring up at him. This very person is salvation. All embodied in Jesus Christ is salvation. It's right there in verse 31. It actually says that you have prepared in the presence of all people. So he's not just salvation, but he's the salvation of all peoples. He's salvation for you. No matter how bad of a sinner you are. This is salvation that's being offered to you tonight, this Christmas Eve. Jesus Christ, the only Savior. The one who will forgive sinners. Well, maybe you're wondering why. Well, how could Simeon be ready to meet God after meeting Jesus? Well, you'll be ready to meet God after you meet Jesus too. Because he will forgive all of your sins and he will give you eternal life. Just like that. Because of his perfect life and vicarious atonement. If you but put your faith in him. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what community you're from or what community you live in. It doesn't matter who you are, man or woman, child. Jesus Christ is being offered to you right now is the salvation, the Savior. He is God's salvation. God's salvation is a person. So why was Simeon ready to meet the Lord as he held Jesus in his arms? Why was he ready to go to heaven, rather? Die as he held Jesus in his arms? Well, because Jesus was enough, simply because he's the Savior. Secondly, not only does Simeon proclaim that Jesus is the Savior, but Simeon tells us that Jesus is not just the Savior, but he's the light for the nations. First the Savior, then the light for the nations. Verse 32, it says, A light... For revelation to the Gentiles. Psalm 43, verse 3 is a prayer. Send out your light and your truth, the psalmist prayed. And here's God's light right there. The, the world is, at this point, much like it is in many parts of the world today, languishing in darkness, ignorant, and stumbling around without the light of God's law. And you know I met people like this? Completely ignorant of God's law. Completely ignorant of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't, don't have a clue about it. And what do they do? How do they make their way through this world? They walk around not knowing they're blind, but basically bumping into things everywhere they go. Well, they, they don't understand that, that life isn't supposed to operate the way they're operating. But they just bump into this and bump into that and trip over this and stumble over that. Stumble and fall and bump and trip their way through a miserable darkness that they don't 
know is a miserable darkness. And Simeon says, I am glad to have met the Lord. I'm ready to go to heaven because now I've met the one who brings light to the whole world. And he's looking right up at him. You know, without Christ, Satan has a lot of fun. Because he can trick people into thinking that good is bad and bad is good. And he can trick people into this trap or that trap because they stumble around in darkness. But the minute Jesus Christ comes into somebody's life, the lights go on and now things start to make sense. That's why that causes pain. That's why that brought problems. This is the right way to go. This makes sense now. This is the greatest longing, not that. And now good is good and bad is bad. It all makes sense. And so as Simeon was staring down at the Lord Jesus Christ in his arms, he understood that Jesus Christ himself was the light of the world. And what does it say for all the Gentiles? All ethnicities, speaking, it's speaking of all ethnicities, all languages, all geographies. When it says Gentiles, what it's meaning is all non-Jewish ethnicities. So up until this point, the law of God was only available to the Jews. They possessed it. But then after this point, it opened the law of God up to the entire world. And the atonement that God's law pointed to, which is Christ. And now he's available for everyone. Number one is their salvation, as I mentioned in my, my first point. And number two is the one who brings light to this world, which otherwise people are stumbling around in darkness, completely ignorant, just bumbling through, not knowing their right hand from their left. And that light reflected into Simeon's face as it was about to reflect into the whole world. So why was Simeon ready to die? Well, because he was fully satisfied in Jesus. Number one, Jesus was the Savior. He knew it. Number two, Jesus was the light of the nations. And he knew it. And number three... Final point, he's completely satisfied for having met Jesus because Jesus is the glory of Israel. He's the glory of Israel. Do you know, as I talk about Jesus being the glory of Israel, it, it says as much right here, verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. So those are the non-Jewish ethnicities. And for glory to your people, Israel. So there's the one other ethnicity, which is the Jews. Do you know that the world, if you look out across the world and you observe Judaism, and there's Jews everywhere, there's Jews in this community and there's other parts of the world, there's pockets of them here and there, and then there's a dense population of them in Israel, as you know. Do you know there's many different denominations and sects of Judaism? There's different types. You could start just listing them right now. There's many different types of Judaism. But do you know that the one, the one thing that unites every single denomination and sect of Judaism is, you know what it is? They deny Christ. And by denying him, they hate him. Every single organized brand of Judaism, that's what unites every single one of them. And yet... This text declares that he is their glory, and by denying him, they are denying their glory. It's really quite sad, because the Jews in the Bible are a special people. I mean, God 
set Israel apart. You know why God set Israel apart? To be a light to the world. How would they be a light to the world? By producing the Messiah. Jesus was as Jew as Jewish. He was Jewish. He was from that gene pool. There's scriptures, the Jewish scriptures are the Old Testament. And what do the Old Testament point to? It. They, the, the whole thing points to Jesus Christ, the entire Old Testament, their Bible. that They gave to us, we've got from them. And he first lived among the Jews. He was a Jew, he is a Jew. His parents were Jews. Here he is presented in the temple of the Jews. He first preached among the Jews. He appointed apostles, apostles, 12 of whom, and all of them were Jews, every one of them. And they first planted churches among the Jews. Their entire existence, the entire existence of Israel was moving towards this one man, the Son of God, God himself made flesh, truly God and truly man. And so Simeon is able to look at Jesus, and Simeon himself being a Jew in the temple, is able to look at Jesus and say, this is the glory of my people. He doesn't doesn't look at the great edifice that he's in and say, that's the glory of my people. I talked about the temple and how glorious it was, this beautiful edifice on this mount the center of Jerusalem in this bustling city. He doesn't look at that and say, this is the glory of my people. He doesn't look at the land of Israel, the holy land, or Jerusalem and say, this is the glory of my people. He doesn't look at the history of the Jews and say, this is the glory of my people. Nor does he even look at the law, the Ten Commandments, and say, this is the glory of my people. He looks at a baby, and he looks into the face of the baby, and he says, this is the glory of Israel. And nobody recognizes him. Nobody sees it. Imagine the honor of being part of the people, part of the nation, whose purpose was to bring forth this child and then to deny him and then eventually kill him and have him crucified, demand that he be killed. Well, Simeon saw what the rest of them didn't see. Christ is the glory of Israel, the great king who is to be honored. And so Simeon looked at Jesus, and Simeon was able to say, this is the one Savior. Simeon held Jesus and was able to say, this is the light of the nation, nations, all the ethnicities of the world. And Simeon was able to behold Christ's face and look down at him and say, this is the glory of Israel, and see what most of the other Jews couldn't see. Right there in his arms. And we sit back and we say, well, how could the Jews miss that? How could the Jews miss that this was Christ, the Savior? Well, I think part of it is they were looking for some type of spectacle. They couldn't imagine that God would come in the form of a baby by a peasant family, born in a barn, two little peasants making their pilgrimage up the mountaintop to dedicate this child, just like people dedicated children every day in the temple. They couldn't imagine that this would be the case. And so they missed him because they were looking for something extraordinary, and they didn't see him in the ordinary. But Simeon was sensitive to God. He was humble before God. He was seeking the Lord, and they saw him. Do you know how easy it would be for you? You come to church. 
Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. You got how many Bibles on your shelf at home? You know the scriptures. You studied the scriptures over and over again. You know how much easy it would be for you to miss the glory of God by being too familiar with it? And not see him? Well, they did, but Simeon didn't. What was Simeon doing? He was one man that was going against the grain because he was seeking the Lord when the rest of the world wasn't. And he met Christ, and he held him in his arms. And after he met Christ and held him in his arms, he said, I'm ready to die. My life's purpose has been accomplished. And I mean, that that should be true of any Christian, don't you think? I mean, sure, there's nice things about this world, but at the end of the day, like, glory awaits us. And the moment we meet the Lord is the moment that we have met our life's purpose in Jesus Christ. And if you're not a Christian, you're missing out on life's purpose. You're not just missing out on life's purpose. You're missing out on the salvation of God. You're missing out on the light because you're walking in darkness. And you're missing out on the glory of Israel. Right there in Jesus Christ. Won't you come to Christ tonight, this Christmas Eve? Won't you believe in Jesus? Won't you come to this great salvation? Won't you behold this wonderful light? Won't you worship this glory of Israel? Instead of being like the rest of the people that just couldn't buy bothered. They wanted, they wanted something else. It wasn't what they were looking for. But Simeon treasured him. So we can take a lesson from Simeon. And we should treasure him too. And then Simeon says something else. Turns to Mary and Joseph. And as an older man, to this young couple with a baby in their arms. He has some very wise words for them. And we'll find out what those are tomorrow morning. (laughs) Let's have prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for our Lord Jesus, our glorious King, the Savior of the world, the light of the nations, and the glory of Israel. And we pray that all here would know him and treasure him, even as Simeon did. In Christ's name, amen.